the book of Joshua 24 verses 14 and 15 this is Joshua speaking now somebody say now not tomorrow not next week right now now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and what serve the Lord if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord choose for yourself today who you will serve whether the gods of your fathers the ones that they served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living but as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Heavenly Father, today we just ask that you would speak to us today on this Father's Day. To every man, I pray, God, that your word would be revealed to them in this place. We need to hear from you, our Heavenly Father, so that we could be good fathers. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Find a father that's standing around you. Give him a high five and say, Happy Father's Day. Come on, give him a high five. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you men. Come on, love my guy, Gary. Love you guys. So grateful to be here with you on this Father's Day. Hot summer day, you can tell, no matter how much our ACs are working, oh my goodness, it's hot in here. But it's all right. Like I said, we're going to try to get this thing quick, because that's, that's what dads are all about. Let's get the word and let's go. When I was thinking about preaching to you on Father's Day, I wanted to make sure that I kept it in line with our Promised Land series. Are you guys enjoying our Promised Land series? Yeah, come on. Promised Land series is going well. Going well. I wanted to start the day by just telling you a little bit about my dad. My dad, Rafael Sr., he's in the back. Love him so much. A few weeks ago, he had a heart attack, and I actually had to contemplate life without him. And that was a difficult time for me. Not just because my dad's a great cook, and he always has leftovers, and I get to go to his house, sneak in. I have a key to his house, and I get to go grab those wonderful fajitas whenever he leaves them left over. Not just because he, he, he's a good man, and, but because I love my dad deeply because of what he has done in my life. Now he's impacted me. And I know that Father's Day is a difficult time for most people because not everyone has a good dad or some of you have lost your father. And it's one of these days that it's touchy-feely. We really don't know how we feel. But today we can celebrate one father at least that we know is good. He's faithful, and it's our Heavenly Father in heaven, and He's our example. I want to share something with you about my dad, something that I felt like when I think of my dad, this is what I think about. And it's not just that he cooks, because he's a great cook. My dad, if you, if you ask me what are the top three things about my dad, one would be that he's a cook. Two, that he's a servant. He'll serve anybody. He loves to serve people. Three, he's an evangelist. He loves to tell people about Jesus. And I would say four, right behind that is he loves movies. I've told you guys before, my dad loves movies. And one of my fondest memories with my dad is Friday night at Blockbuster. 
All of you, you know, Gen Zers don't know what that is, but I'm just gonna tell you, Blockbuster is where it's at. Block, let me tell all of you who don't know, Blockbuster was this magical wonderland with a big old sign glowing in the darkness of this world telling us that we could escape to a place where we could find good movies, where Arnold, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator, where Jean-Claude Van Damme is the greatest kung fu guy in the world. It was a great place. And I remember growing up, always going to Blockbuster with my dad. I remember going to Blockbuster with my dad Tuesday evening, because Tuesday evening was the day when you would return your movies, and we would wait patiently to see what people were returning, just in case we were too late on Friday to get the movie that we wanted. We would wait right there by the little, the little envelope slide where you would slide in. Yeah, we had to return our movies. And if you did not rewind the movies, you would get a fee for not rewind. Did any of y'all have a, a personal VHS rewinder? It was specifically for rewinding. Yeah, yeah, that was us. That was way back in the, way back in the day. I remember these days were just incredible. And the, the one thing I remember the most is being at Blockbuster and watching my dad slowly go through every hour, every aisle, trying to find the movie that he wanted. Because we didn't have phones that would tell us all the new releases. We didn't know what was there. We'd have to go searching in the action section, in the romance section. And my dad would go aisle for aisle, looking and searching for the movie that he wanted. And I remember I would get so anxious because I didn't have any say-so in what we would rent. I was just there for the experience. I was just there hoping that we would get some popcorn and maybe some candy on the way home because they always have that right there by the register. I was just there for that. And I knew that my dad would be the one that would choose the movie. And I was always interested in what my dad would want to watch. I loved it. My dad was always really picky when it came to finding movies. And I remember we'd sit there for like an hour because you could only rent three at a time. My dad would have to pick, he was always searching for a good movie, always searching for the movie that would last us all weekend. And I just, I love that about my dad. And because of that, I love movies now. I love movies. I love the whole idea of writing a movie. If I, like I've told you guys before, if I wasn't a pastor, I think I'd be a screenwriter. I just feel like I just, I understand how movies go because of my dad. And I will never forget those moments when I saw my dad searching for the right movie, the right one. And it reminds me of what I want to teach you today. Just how my father would search for the right movie, our God is looking for a man. I'm going to say that again in case it didn't hit you. Just like my father would search for a movie, God is searching for a man. The Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30, God is upset with the people of the nation at that time, and God says this in Ezekiel 22, 30, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall. There was a broken wall, and God was looking for a man 
who would be willing to serve and build and help to grow his kingdom. And he says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. The next verse says, so God pours out his curse on the land. God was looking for one man so that he would hold back the curse that he was going to put on the land, and he found no man. God is looking for a man. God is wanting a man to stand in the gap to make a difference in this world by building his kingdom. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, when Adam and Eve sinned, that God was walking in the garden. And the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 9, that the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? He called to the man and said, where are you? God is looking for a man. What does God want from the, we'll break down these verses in a second, but God is looking for a man, but what does he want from this man? What does he want from us as men? When you look at this scripture in Joshua, this is, this is a, a spoiler look into the end of the story for the promised land. This is the very end of our series, The Promised Land, right here, Joshua 24. From Genesis, Exodus, all the way to Joshua, here we are, Joshua has conquered the land and he is about to pass away. And before he does that, at the end of the book of Joshua, he talks to the people that he's with and he says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him. Now listen, I, I wanna break this down for you really quickly. 25 minutes, do you believe we can do it? I think we can do it. 25 minutes and we'll get out of here and you can go celebrate your dad. He says, now, therefore. Now, this is, if you notice, it's verse 14 in a chapter where he's already talking to these men. So he's having this conversation with these men in the previous verses and he says, now, therefore, fear and serve God. Now, what happened before this that would start this conversation? I'll read it to you. It's not upstairs here in the, in the screens. I'll just read it to you. In chapter 24, verse 8, it's, it's Joshua reminding them of everything that God did for them. And listen, some of this stuff you don't know because we haven't gone through it yet. But I'm just going to read it for you. He says in verse 8, Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which you lived beyond the Jordan. They fought with you, but I gave them to your hand. God's reminding them through Joshua, you had a lot of fights that you had to go through. But even though they fought against you, this is for every man in here dealing with the struggle. This is for every man who say, man, my life isn't easy. I got things that I got to fight against. I got things that I'm struggling against. He says through Joshua, remember those fights you had? I delivered every single one of those enemies into your hand. They fought with you but I gave them into your hand. And then you took possession of the land. 
So God is saying, you have finally gotten into the promised land because I was with you. I destroyed everything before you. Verse, verse 10 says, I delivered you from the hands of these kings. You crossed the Jordan. That's at the beginning of the book of Joshua. They, they, they crossed over from the, the place where they were, Egypt, through the river Jordan to signify that they had come into the promised land. He says to them, I delivered you and you crossed the Jordan and came in and fought Jericho. We're going to talk about Jericho. It's going to be a great time when we get to Jericho. This is a spoiler alert. This is him telling us right here what had already happened in Joshua. You came in to Jordan and you fought Jericho and the citizens of Jericho fought against you and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the... Hey, stop telling me how many problems you have. We all have problems. Stop telling me all the struggles that you have. We all have struggles. As men, we're made for this. As men, we're made to conquer the, the numerous struggles that we have in front of us, not because we're capable, not because we're strong, Gary. I know you lift a lot of weights, and, and it looks like you can run through a wall. But it's not because we're in this incredible physical shape that we can have all these victories. It's because God has never left us. God was always with us. He will be with us as we go forward. He's saying to them, I was with you when you fought against the Amorites. I was with you when you came against the Perizzites. I was, where's, where does it say? Uh, it says Canaanites, the Hittites, Gerashites. It doesn't say cellulite. It should say cellulite because that's our biggest thing right there, fighting against the cellulites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Thus, he says, I gave them into your hand. Then I sent this terror in front of you, and I drove out the two kings of the Amorites in front of you, and they bowed before you, it says. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, on cities that you did not conquer, that you did not build, and you live in them, and you are eating of the vineyards and in, all, and in olive groves that you did not plant. This is the, the culmination of them getting into the promised land, and then we get to our verse. He says, now, therefore, based on everything I've done for you, based on everything I've brought, come on, have you been through it? Have you seen God bring you through some stuff? Come on. Now, yeah. Every man that's seen God take them through a tough time, through a struggle, now. Time to stop living in the past. It's time to start living in the now. And so oftentimes as men, we get so caught up in what we've been through, we don't see where we're at right now. And our responsibility is moving forward. He says, now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He says, hey, listen, there are idols among you. Even though I've been good to you, even though I've done all this for you, there are things that you worship beside me. To every man in here, you need to know that you possibly have some idols, some things that you worship beside God himself, whether that be money, whether that be status, I don't know what it is. But the Bible is telling us that here are these men who followed God through all of this, and yet they have idols. And God does not want to be second. And I want to encourage every man in here, do not make God second. He wants to be the very first choice that you have. 
He's saying to them, choose today that you will serve him and put away the gods of your fathers. Quit blaming your dad. Put away the gods of your fathers. It's time for us to take responsibility for what God wants to do for us moving forward. It doesn't matter how you were raised, he's saying. I know your fathers, they, they, they rebelled and they worshiped some gods that aren't our God. They have idols. He said, it doesn't matter. Put away those gods. And so oftentimes we can get stuck in what's happened to us that we don't see what God wants to do through us. And as men, we have to get to the place where we don't look at the things that have happened to us and let that define what we do moving forward. We can't let the pain that we went through, the struggle that we had, define us. That does not define us. Joshua says, it doesn't matter what your dad did. It doesn't matter the, the way your dad rebelled in the struggle. It doesn't matter. Put it away. There are no excuses in Joshua's eyes for a man who's trying to pursue God and the promises that God wants to see fulfilled in his life. So if you're a man in here, it's time for us to put aside the excuses. It's time for us to put aside the things that we hold on to as a way to strengthen our argument. I was raised this way. This is the only thing I know. I can't help it that this is what I know. My family is a bunch of this and my family has this history. No, he is saying you have a choice. Put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. I need you to see this very clearly. Notice what it says that he wants you to do. Serve. Ser men. Following God requires serving God. Following God does not mean attending church. Following God does not mean showing up every once in a while and sitting in a seat. He says, I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm not asking you to show up to church. Those are things that you do when you serve God. Those are a part of the program. You must serve him. He is not asking these men as they enter into the promised land to just follow God. We're done with the following. We're here. It's time to serve him. And if there has ever been a call that this church and these men in this church need to hear is when was the last time you served your God? Not just sat in a seat, but served him. He said, serve him. Serve the Lord. Then he says something incredible here. Verse, verse 15, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord. Oh, man, I like what Joshua is saying here. Joshua is saying, even if you don't want to serve him, after all he's done for you, even if you don't agree with me, even if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. He says, even if it's disagreeable for you to serve the Lord, choose today who you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers which they served which are beyond the river or the gods of the Amorite. He's saying there is a multitude. We, one thing about my dad, he loves buffets. Oh, we cannot go to a Chinese buffet with my dad. They will kick us out. My dad will fill his plate with every food times five. Every, he just loves, and this is the one thing about Hispanic dads. Buffets, we take advantage of that. $5.99, oh, we're going to eat. Oh, we're going to make ten different plates. 
It's funny, but we do that as men with the things that we serve. We pick and choose what we want to serve. He says, there are so many gods in your life. Whether it's the gods which your father served or the gods that were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites. He's like, man, you've, you've got so many different things pulling at you. Your father's gods, the gods of these people, or the gods of the land in which you live. Here's what you need to understand, fellas. The culture of the world in which we live is a god. The culture, hey, it's okay, like, to, to watch these things. That's what everyone does. It's okay to do these things. That's what everyone does. Hey, it's okay to be a part of this and to listen to that and to watch this and be here because that's what the, those are gods. Those are things that we're putting before God. And it says right here that he's saying all of these, it's like a buffet. You pick and you choose all of these. And I love what Joshua is saying here. Joshua says it very clearly. He said, these are all these gods in which you can serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What I love about this, he's making a public declaration about him and his house. He's making a public declaration about who he chooses to follow and what his family will do. As for me and my house, meaning my kids don't make the decisions. Meaning it doesn't matter what my kids want, I make the decisions. Meaning it doesn't even matter that my wife wants to do some things. I am the spiritual leader. And I know we're in this place of men and women and what are their rights, but listen, there are a lot of women who would love to see strong, godly men stand up. Strong, godly men, lead them. And we need to understand exactly what's happening here. You have to understand it. When God went to speak with Adam, Eve sinned too, but God called out Adam. God said to Adam, because you listened to your wife and let her overrule, my word now accurses on you. Because let me tell you something, guys, we are the ones being held responsible. He says, even in my household, we need men who say, I'm choosing to serve God. Regardless of this world, regardless of this culture, and my house will serve God. Not just follow him, but serve him. The Bible tells us that Adam, when God called him, was hiding. Hiding, and then he made excuses. And then the Bible says he was hiding in the garden, which is funny. When I look at this scripture and when I understand what's happening here with Adam, it, it's kind of funny to me because the Bible says that God is omniscient. He knows everything. And God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So why is God asking Adam, where is he? I want to say that maybe it's not that God doesn't know his location God wants to understand his position. God is not worried about Adam's location. He knows where he's at. He's worried about Adam's position as a man. And Adam right now is hiding. And guess where he's hiding? In God's house. Eden is God's house. The word Eden means the spot in which God's presence is in. 
Adam is hiding in God. There are a lot of men in this church hiding even in church. Hiding. The Bible says that Adam took leaves. God created those leaves. And he hid behind. We could take some things that God made himself and use them as a place to hide. What are you using to hide behind? What are, what are you using to hide the fact that you're hurting? What are you using to hide the fact that you've done some things that you probably shouldn't have done and now you're ashamed? Smile doesn't work. God knows. He doesn't care about your location. He cares about your position as a man. The Bible says that Adam was responsible. Eve sinned first. We're just going to get that right up front. Eve sinned first. But God held Adam. You know what the Bible says in Romans? That through Adam, Adam, sin entered the world, not Eve. Men, you and I are responsible for our houses, not our wives. We are responsible for leading our children. God calls Adam, and he's calling you, and he's calling me. When the Bible talks about households, they always talk about the household of the man, the household of David. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God holds men responsible for the generational following of his children. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, but as for me, me, I, he's making it clear, me, I am following the Lord. What we need is a, is, is a group of men who aren't afraid of what other people think, who aren't worried about what other people say, who aren't worried about what their friends will do when they find out, what their family will say when they know that I gave this up. He said, but as for me, really clearly, this is my decision. Joshua is telling a gathering of people what he is gonna do. God is telling through Joshua, us today, us men, what are you going to stand up for? Are you going to stand up for what God is asking you to do? Have you made this kind of declaration? As for me, I'm setting the example. My house, this is how we roll. Have you made that kind of declaration? And listen, is it visible and do other peoples know about it? Or does your wife have to remind you about church on Sundays? Or does your wife ask you if you're going to pray tonight? Or is your wife wondering when you're going to read the Bible with your kids? Or does your wife say, are you coming to church with us today? Are you making a declaration? Because the Bible holds you responsible for your family. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We make excuses as men. Does she make you lead in prayer or does she lead in prayer? And if she leads in prayer, that's because you have not accepted the spiritual leadership role that God has for you. Well, she knows the Bible more. It doesn't matter what she knows. 
You are the spiritual leader. You, come on, no one's clapping in here. And I'm wondering if we just got to a place where we don't want strong men. But let me tell you something. I want strong men in this church. And we need strong men. He says, as for me, for me first, and my house, my family, not the block. I don't care what the street says, what my neighbors are looking for, not the neighborhood, not what your friends want, not what my parents want. Listen, your friends will disagree with you. Your family might disagree, but it doesn't work for me. I am following the Lord, me and my house, but we don't do that. We don't do that, and yet we wonder why there's chaos. We wonder why this world, do you know that the smart marketing tactic for a church is to market to women? Every marketing company will tell you, you want people to come to church, market to women. Men don't want to hear anything about church. So when, I'm not even kidding you, when we would build marketing to go out into the community, it was always focused on women. Because men would, I could see the stats, men would see it and just scroll. They don't care. That is an indication of what's wrong. We don't have strong men. We don't have strong men who are covered by the blood of Jesus and who want their families covered by the blood of Jesus. Here's the issue about us men. We want God's blessing, but we don't want him. Did you hear that? We want God's blessing, but we don't want him. And what it means to follow him. Verse 15, he says, if it's disagreeable with you, meaning it doesn't matter what you do. This is what I'm going to do. We need men with spiritual backbones. That's what we need. The problem is, is that most of us men in church, we're like jellyfish. No backbone, and so the current takes us wherever we got to go. This man, Joshua, is saying, y'all may not want to go where I'm going, but this is where I'm going. My friends may not want to go where I'm going, but this is where I'm going. My family may not want to go where I'm going, but this is what I'm doing. Let me be very clear. This is a public declaration. This isn't some promise you give to your wife, but that you won't put it in front of everyone else. This is not a private word, but a public service announcement from Joshua. We need men who are willing to give announcements. We need men who are willing to stand in front of their children and say, this is what we stand for. We need men who have this, this desire to show other people what they believe in. God has something that he wants to say, and he wants to say it through men. He's saying, I'm going to serve God even if all of you disagree. I'm going to serve God even though all of you might turn away to other gods. I'm not going to focus on money. I'm not going to focus on possessions. I'm not going to focus on having all these things. I'm going to focus on serving my God. I am focused about him. It's about serving. Serving means you submit to it. Coming to church doesn't mean you're serving God. It just means you're an attender. Serving God means submitting to him and doing what he's asked you to do. It's critical that we get a generation of men 
who love the Lord, who serve him, who spiritually lead their homes. God is waiting for us men to take this step. He's waiting for us to take a stand and say, I'm not just going to go to church. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve him through any way that I can. I'm going to be a generous man, a giving man. I'm going to be a hardworking man. I'm going to give myself to the work of God. I'm going to be at church and help other people. I'm not just going to sit in my favorite seat. I'll give it up for someone else to have this seat. I need to see that I am a part of God's plan, so I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. He says, even if it's disagreeable for you, I'm taking this stand. When I look at Genesis chapter 3, we can get the band up here. So look, I said 20 minutes, we're done. We'll get the, come on, come on now, you can clap for that, Gary. Let's get the band up here. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, God walks through the garden and he says, where are you? Where are you? Where's Adam, the God-man, the man who followed God, served God? Where, where are, that is the question that so many of us are asking. Where are you? That's the question that so many single women are asking. Where are the good men who love Jesus, who serve him? That's what a lot of children are asking when they've been abandoned by their father. Where's Adam? That's what God is asking today. Where is the man? Here's what I see God is trying to speak to us. It's time to stand up. It's time to stand up, not physically. I know you're about to stand up, Josh. I appreciate that. Spiritually. The Bible says in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, God says this, and I need you to see this and we'll end right here. I search for a man among them. Do you see it? Let me see if you catch it. I searched for a man among them. He's saying, there are plenty of males but there aren't any men. I searched for a man among them. Who is them? Males. Evidently, apparently, you could be a male and not be a man. Evidently, you can have all the right plumbing and still not be a man in God's eyes. Evidently, you could be a male and God look at you and say, but you're not a man. You're a male, but you're not a man. And there's so many of us, we're so confused of what it takes for us to be a man. What it takes for us to lead and to show up and to serve. God said there were plenty Plenty of males, but there were no men, no good men, no righteous men, no strong men. 
No men that would stand in the gap who would help me serve, who would help me build, who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me and the land so I would not destroy it. But I found nobody. This is the crisis of today. Lots of males everywhere, but no men. Where are the men? It's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to quit making excuses. You make lots of excuses. Stop. Because one day, these, these words is what you're going to hear between you and your father. You're saved. You're in heaven. But what'd you do for me? I, I needed to get this done, and I was looking for some men. Didn't find any. May the Lord look into this church and find men. May he find men. May he find men. So I'm asking you to make a choice today. Joshua told them this, and he said, we need men. And then it says in verse 25 that they all agreed, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. They all shouted, we will serve the Lord. And the chapter ends, they're making a covenant. We've been going through this. They, we learned about covenants last week. Now in Joshua chapter 24, as they decide we're going we're gonna to follow the Lord, we're going to make a covenant, we're going to make a promise, we're going to show the Lord a contract that we're going to do this. And the Bible says that, that Joshua made a covenant that day with all the people that they would serve the Lord. I wonder how many men want to stand up, make contracts, make covenants, say, I'm doing this, I'm taking a step, I'm not stepping back, I'm doing what God's asked me to do, I'm going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm setting the example, I'm putting in the work. This this house will serve the Lord. My family will serve the Lord. We're going to take a step today and stand on the promises of God. God's going to look and he's going to find a man in my home, on my block, in this church and in this city because we're committed to following him. We're committed to being better. We're committed to making sacrifices. We're committed to serving him and not just following him because he's asked for it. He's looking and he's going to find it. He's going to find it in us. I'm going to challenge you. 1 Kings 18.20 says, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? God is saying, how long are you going to wait? How long is it going to take you to make the decision to be what I've called you to be? How long is it going to take for you to be that godly husband, that godly father? God is asking us today to take a stand, to make a promise, to not mess up anymore, to make sure that we prioritize him and make a promise that we're going to serve him. We're, going, we're not going to make other decisions. We're not two-sided in our thinking. We are deciding today, my opinion is, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, we're going to do things the right way. Me and my house, we're going to serve him. And listen up. If that's your choice today, then somebody ought to know about it. Some declarations need to happen. Conversations need to be made. Things need to be said. Hard conversations with those friends. Let them know, I don't care what you do. I'm not like you. Me and my family, we're doing this. I don't care what you're trying to get me to do. This is what I'm doing. Declarations need to be made. Your friends, your family, your, your social media network, everybody needs to know and they need to see that you've made a choice. You made a declaration. I'm serving God, me and my house, because I'm not letting God search and not find me. He's going to find me standing there ready to build, to stand in the gap.
so that we can see the curse of God be pulled off of this land, the curse of fatherlessness that's happening. I just want to pray for every man right now. Every man, just come up to this altar. Just come up. Every man, every man, come up to this altar. I need my house church pastors right here. Where are my house church pastors? Come to the front. We're going to pray for these men who are making a decision. I'm making a decision today. I'm standing up. God will not look and not find me. We're going to pray for every man here and see what God will do for each and every one of us today. Because let me tell you something, that's the best gift you can give your family. It is cutting the lawn, making dinner, bringing home a check. It don't matter. Being a godly man who leads your family is what matters. And we need to pray right now. House church pastors, why don't you get behind them? Why don't you put your hands on them and just pray? Just pray. Just pray, and I'm going to pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. Men, men standing here with a focus to follow you. We're going to serve you, Lord. We're going to serve you with all that we got. We're going to make declarations today to live a life that's different than the life that we live when we came in here today. Today, we're making a choice to lead our families. Today, we're making a choice to be the leader in our home. Today, we're making a choice to lay things aside that we should not have in our lives. Today, we're making a change, and Lord, we're asking that as you search this world for men, that you would look right here and find us standing here, united, united, trusting God that we're here for you and for the call that you have on our lives. Where are we? You ask. We're right here. We're right here, God. We're not hiding anymore. We're not hiding anymore. We're here and we're asking right now, Lord, that you would bless us, that you would help us in our struggle, that you would give us the strength to make declarations to our people around us so that they would know that we're, we're no longer going to be the same that we're changing our lives, that we're not just going to say it with our mouths, but we're going to show it with our hands and our feet. We're going to do what you've asked us to do. We're going to lead our families and lead them the way you want us to lead. I pray a special prayer of protection over every one of these men as they lead their families, as they, as they grow to lead them and, and to influence the people around them. I pray now a special blessing. I pray that you would use them and that you would bless them and that you would guide them, that you would give them the example that they need, the example that they need to lead the people around them. We love you, Lord. We trust you, and today we give you our lives. Today we give you our dedication. Today we give you our devotion. We're not making excuses anymore. We're leaving all of that behind, all the things that we used in the past to excuse our behavior. No more. Today, we put aside the gods of our fathers. Today, we put aside the gods of our past. And today, we choose to serve the Lord God Almighty, the King of heaven and earth. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. This is what we need. Listen, all of you men, it's a brotherhood. You don't have to do life alone. You shouldn't do life alone. Look to the men to the left and to the right. These are your brothers. These are the men that you need to do life with. These are the men that are there with you in the struggle. And ladies, push them towards this. They need this. They need to be in the club. They need to know what it's like to be on the team. And that won't happen if you hold them back. Stop holding them back. 
Stop making excuses for them because we'll take the excuses and run with them. Adam took that apple real quick. It's time for you to hold them accountable. You hear me? Hold them accountable. We'll hold them accountable. We love y'all. Come on, put your hands together.